Yolan, how widespread is the issue of illegal wildlife trade in China, especially um, uh, uh, especially in China, because the coronavirus, we believe, originated there? And what are your concerns around it? So, unfortunately, you know, while you have bans put in place around things like, for example, elephant ivory trade and rhino horn trade, and countries like China are quite proud of themselves for banning it, these bans are not enforced. And there are markets all over China that are selling openly illegal wildlife products. And in this particular case, what they call so-called wet markets. This is markets where people will be able to go and choose animals that are live in cages and have them slaughtered in front of them for immediate consumption. And these markets generally do have a high number and a high range of illegal species in them that they shouldn't be selling. So that means the entire chain is illegal from the source where the animals are coming from right into the slaughtering procedure and the consumption of the animal. So there's no control. From a wildlife and conservation point of view, there are several endangered species that are sold in these markets, and these markets obviously pose an enormous animal welfare threat as well. And because they are illegal, and then the country sits back and says, proudly, well, they've banned the trade, but they're not enforcing it. Mm. So the entire chain of events is illegal and there's no control. And that also culminates, obviously, in the health risk to human beings because there are no controls around how the animals are kept, whether or not they're diseased animals people are eating, and how they're slaughtered. Why do these markets exist in the first place? And as you indicated, it doesn't seem there's any control. Are there any regulations perhaps in place to protect consumers? No. So because the trade is illegal, uh, there wouldn't be any controls. And because they're turning a blind eye to it. So uh, in many provinces in China, for example, the consumption of dog meat might be illegal. But we know that this uh, continues and they turn a blind eye to it. So there won't be any controls. Uh, It is a bit ironic, you ask why they exist. Well, the Chinese, and and not just the Chinese, but several Asian uh, consumers across different Asian countries, they eat these products because they believe they have health benefits. So they believe that it might bring down fevers, it might deal with cancers or various other terminal illnesses, they might deal with hangovers, it might deal with headaches, etc., so they believe that there are health properties associated with them. But of course, as we know, you know, wildlife products aside, but any unregulated consumption of meat products has very, very high health risks. And, you know, things like the coronavirus, the MERS and SARS viruses, et cetera, we are now very, very obviously seeing that the, the rest of the world is also paying a very high economic and health price for, for what some Chinese or some Asian people believe is eating a product that might give them a health benefit. So... Now that the Chinese uh, want to enforce this ban on illegal wildlife trade and increase regulation on wildlife markets, uh, does that uh, perhaps buoy you in some sense? Well, to be honest, I think it's a step in the right direction. We would like to see what that enforcement means. Are they actually going to throw resources at it? Is it just lip service? Are they going to do something about it? I think that the fact that there's global pressure because other countries are now suffering significant impacts because of this disease, hopefully global pressure will enforce it. And hopefully because their their markets have been affected, their trade has been affected, uh, flights in and out of China have been affected, tourism has been affected, perhaps that will apply the kinds of pressure that we would like to see. Uh, We've seen bans put in place all over the world without enforcement. But we are hoping that because of the human health impacts and because this is not the first time it has happened, possibly global pressure might bring to fall uh, increased enforcement capacity in China. Briefly uh, expand uh, on your program as the Endangered Wildlife Trust and, and, and what it aims to do. Our program looks to understanding and addressing where the loopholes are in the wildlife trade chain. So we look right from source 
to the consumer, even though we don't work in the Asian countries, we work with partners that do. Our focus is predominantly in Africa. So we have a number of programs that help to support the enforcement of the law on this side of the world. Uh, we build capacity in the enforcement chain, so that's working with everyone from the magistrates to the NPA to rangers to the police on the ground, building capacity to understand the wildlife tra- trade chain. Uh, we have, for example, protection dogs in the field looking for wildlife products that might be being traded. We do a lot of training around identifying what wildlife trade looks like because it's not always obvious. I mean, you might think that you can identify ivory and rhino warning trade, but you can't necessarily if it's well disguised or it's chopped up, for example. We do quite a lot of research to understand new emerging issues and the impact that they have on endangered species. Um, and we also develop tools and resources to try and link the various countries together in the trade chain because, of course, it's not just a national issue, it's a global issue. And one needs to get countries working together to enforce these laws. I thank you so much for your time. That was the CEO of Endangered Wildlife Trust, Yolan Friedman.